Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us. And always great to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line when waiting on the other end is St. Louis and Taylor Twelman of ESPN. He is the preeminent soccer expert in America. And it's always great to have him with us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Taylor. How are you doing? How are you, Randy? Well, what's your Venmo for that intro? <laughs> you know what? That That's a comp because we were so happy over the course of the last week. We've had the St. STL City 2 victory, and we had the U.S. men's national team win. There's nothing negative about this. No, there there is uh, there's something brewing special, especially in my hometown. Um, it's just remarkable. I came back for it. Uh, you know, my family's been involved with this sport for a long, long time. So many people, you know, soccer's been at the fabric of this city for 50, 60, 70 years. So to see St. Louis City 2 kick off what the Taylor family and the Kavanaugh family have been trying to build, I drove by the stadium. Guys, it is insane. I don't think people in St. Louis understand that it is easily going to be the most innovative stadium in the country, let alone Major League Soccer, uh, what it's going to do to that city. But Randy and Michelle, driving around and understanding, like, it doesn't look like a spaceship landed in the middle of, this, uh, of the city and just built a $250 million stadium. It's, like, ingrained next to Union Station. You have to kind of find it. I, I don't think people fully understand how special of uh, – uh, of a building it's going to be game day experience and ultimately the pressures on Lutz Fonenstiel and everyone to make sure they bring a winning team from opening day. You're right, Taylor. It's an absolutely beautiful building. I can't wait for people to experience it, but you were on the call for the MLS next pro match and it was a sold out event. A lot of people were there. It, it seemed like a great scene, but for those who weren't take us there, tell us what the environment was like. Honestly, Michelle, it just was going down memory lane for so many of us because that field has brought so many memories to so many people in the world of soccer down at Herman Stadium at St. Louis U. Even before it was Herman Stadium, my father won a state championship on that field for St. Louis U High. So it just it, it was surreal in the sense that we all know the history of St. Louis University. We all know the history of soccer in this in this city for what it's done since the 1950 World Cup. So to be there where it's kicking off and almost as if it was passing the torch to the Taylor family and to the Kavanaugh family to now take it to the next level, to now move it on to where it should be, and that is in a state-of-the-art stadium. So for me, 6,000, 7,000, however many was there with the overflow, it just felt like the real – the real proper way to say, you know what, this is what soccer has always been in St. Louis, but we are now ready for what soccer is going to be. And I think it was the right way to kick it off. And we all know 
that this thing is going to go to an entire new level with Major League Soccer finally coming to the city. But the environment was there. It always is there. State championships in high school have five, 6,000 people there. So, Michelle, it was nothing new to anyone from St. Louis. I just think people outside of St. Louis saw clips of the game, saw highlights of the game, and said, wait a minute, that, this is the second team. This is a developmental team, and yet here we are, 7,000 people there. No other team's going to have 7,000 in MLS Next Pro. Make no mistake about it. And I think MLS knew if we're going to kick this thing off, we're going to kick this thing off right, but we're also going to honestly allow St. Louis to introduce themselves. And for me, it was just the right way of passing the torch saying, all right, here you go, Carolyn Kendall Betts. Now take us to another level. Taylor, you know what an MLS player, a really good soccer player looks like. So with that being the case, from what you saw the other night, how do you think the developmental plan for City is going? Did you see MLS players when you watched M- uh, City 2 the other night? I mean, Randy, honestly, you, what you see, what we saw Friday night is not what you're going to see two, three months from now. I think uh, St. Louis City did a fantastic job with Lutz Fondenstiel allowing him to go out and get people that understand MLS. And John Hackworth is a fantastic hire for this franchise in the league because he knows what MLS looks like. He knows what U.S. soccer looks like. He can call anyone and everyone and get things done. So Hackworth is going to have a huge say of that. But what we saw Friday night is not what we're going to see two, three months from now. And what I mean by that is quite simply this, for the listeners at home, there is a 16, 17-year-old kid within St. Louis City, and maybe not even within St. Louis City right now, that will represent that first team in the next 24 to 36 months. And that's what that's about. It's less about winning those games, even though you want to build a winning culture. It's more about giving the 12, 13, 14-year-olds in the city that have been there since 1950 of saying, listen, now your dream can be had and you can actually represent your city at the highest level of soccer in this country. So to answer your question, Randy, sure, there may be, but I'm not worried about what I saw Friday night. I would be more concerned what I see four or five months from now and ultimately 24 months from now because that team should be loaded with St. Louis kids that are from the ages of 15 to 19 or 20 because that's what that team and that level is going to be about. Taylor, I wanted to ask you some other soccer questions outside St. Louis. Let's talk about Italy losing to North Macedonia in the World Cup qualifier. There's a lot of people that are saying the qualifying format is absurd. They they should really look into changing the construct of this. And then there's other people who are saying to Italy, if you don't like it, play better. Where do you fall in that argument? Uh, both. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and Michelle, you've known me for a long, long time. I don't sit on the fence. Right. Never have, never will. There's both is the right answer, and here's why. Because Ecuador and Uruguay are going to qualify for the World Cup from South America, and they both have five or six losses. However, they properly go about World Cup qualifying because you play each team home and away. The top four teams go, fifth goes to the playoff. That's the right way to do this. Now, Europe can't do that because you've got countries of a lower level that are in this, so you've got to break it up. The truth of the matter is this. Italy only lost two of their last 43 games. That was 2019 against Spain in Nations League and 2022 to North Macedonia. However, Italy only won one of their last six games. 
So if you're going to draw with Bulgaria, you're going to draw with Northern Ireland, you're going to draw Switzerland, then you have to go into the playoffs. And so Italy should have done better. They should have played better. However, there's got to be a middle ground in understanding, well, wait a minute here. Like, is there a way that you can maybe put this out there where, okay, if a team isn't totally losing, but they're not winning, are they put into a predicament where they are? But it's North Macedonia. And with all due respect, Michelle, they outshot them 32 to 4. So, so the truth of the matter is Italy, on that given day, you weren't good enough. And with all due respect, I like earning it on the field versus the merit off of it. And I don't think Italy did enough. I wonder if the Italian version of Taylor Twelman went on TV and said, what are we doing here? <laughs> Randy, they did. Um, I, I just think they, they were allowed to do it in a manner that maybe I wasn't allowed to do it in a uh, Disney platform. <laughs> Got it. Hey, and then I want to ask you about the U.S. men's national team the other night. Uh, for, for everything that we've dealt with over the last eight years, are you excited about what you're seeing now? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I, I say that hesitantly because it's still CONCACAF, and we have not, Randy, over the last four years, seen the United States men's national team partially due to COVID and partially because of the new layout of friendlies and what We haven't seen them against high-level competition. You know, the best team that they've played is Mexico four times, and this is easily the worst version of Mexico in the last 24 years. And so you've got to see. However, this is a redemption tour. Uh, nobody, and I mean nobody, after tonight's game against Costa Rica wants to see my mug on the face t- saying, what are we doing? So <laughs> under no circumstances should they lose by six goals. They won't. But the next question is, well, where do they fit in the World Cup landscape? Where do they fit in the world? And nobody with a right mind can say they know that answer because you haven't seen Greg Berhalter in the United States against anyone of high-level competition. And so that's where my reservation is. But I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and take away from that. I've, I'm going to have 220 days to talk about that. Tonight is about qualifying for the World Cup. Tonight is about getting rid of the what are we doing gifts and memes, and that is ultimately why I'm looking forward to tonight. Taylor, I hate to break it to you. We're never going to get rid of those. They're stuck, they're stuck there forever. Uh, and finally, Taylor. Well, Michelle, the last two years, I feel like that meme worked for a lot of things. It sure yes, did. it did. It absolutely did. Well, last thing, Taylor, as a native St. Louisan, as a sports commentator, as a sports fan, I wanted to get your reaction to Albert Pujols returning to the St. Louis Cardinals. It's where he should say goodbye. This is where he should say goodbye, and I will always applaud, and I've said this on the record, and I'll say it again. The Cardinals did right with that renewal, and he went to Anaheim and all of that. However, it just didn't look right. It just didn't feel right. He wore the red, red and white out in Anaheim, California, yet all of us felt like, well, technically he's wearing Cardinal red, let's be honest. <laughs> um, for me, this is the right, go, the, the right way to go out. Albert deserves this. The St. Louis fan base deserves this. Uh, DeWitt and the family, all the, they all deserve this. And so I hope he gets a fantastic year where he's healthy and gets to do this the right way because that is the way Albert played his entire career. Uh, those of you that are listening that know I was in this state 
uh, tournament in high school, and Albert was on the other side of the field in the bracket. So uh, I've always watched Albert out of the corner of my eye to see what kind of career he's had. I, if you asked me in 1997 if he was going to hit over 650 home runs, I would have told you you're out of your mind. Well, <laughs> guess what? I was out of my mind. But, it, it's the, Michelle, it's the right way to end this thing. Taylor, it's so great to hear your voice. We have to do this more often, especially, heck, we're inside of a year now before St. Louis City SC plays, so we need to catch up here on this show more often. Absolutely. Randy, Michelle, the show's fantastic. Keep it going. You too. Thanks. Take care. That is the great Taylor Twelman on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.